1: Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of
0: Menopause Power. Hello, Lise. Hey Matt.
1: How are you going today?
0: Going super duper, as my daughter says, <laughs> and uh, that's because we've got another wonderful guest, another like-minded women, woman who um, always lights up our soul when we get to chat with. And yeah. uh, I'll let you know about our guest today. We have got Dr. Kath Kovac, who is a science editor and workshop facilitator based in a small community one hour from Canberra in Australia, our uh, capital city for our overseas listeners. She also teaches the mindful arts of Tai Chi, Qigong, and meditation and facilitates women's circles in her local community and online. Through her new business, Kapala, Kath wants to combine her experience from community women's circles and mindfulness teaching with her professional workshop facilitation skills to help women support each other better in the workplace. Hello, Kath. Hi, Nat and Lisa. G'day, Kath. We are thrilled to have you. And I can distinctly remember the moment that you and I connected. It was through LinkedIn and we had... Uh, I think, mutual connection around our work, around supporting women, but also particularly around menopause. And I remember you reaching out and saying, I would love to chat and connect and and learn. And uh, we've had a few opportunities to, to connect over the last couple of months, which has been great.
2: Yeah, that's right. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Our pleasure. And uh, I guess just to start and, and kick off, we'd love to know where does your passion from wanting to support women come from?
2: Good question. I would say that almost immediately it dates back to around about six or seven years ago when I attended a workshop in the Blue Mountains. A friend of mine it was a workshop for mothers and daughters and a good old school friend of mine had a daughter and had taken her through this weekend. And she said to me, Kath, I think you should bring your daughter and come up through this weekend. And it was a weekend about getting girls together before they had started having their first period or their menarch, which is the name of the first period. And it was kind of like an information weekend for them to learn all about periods and that kind of thing. But more than that, it was to learn about their bodies and the how that the cycle the menstrual cycle connects with the natural cycles in the world and also that how the cycle can be really a quite amazing thing if you get to know it and understand it and it's a completely different way I suppose of talking to girls about the menstrual cycle than you would normally get either at home which you know, maybe nothing, yeah. uh, or maybe just very basic information, or at school, where I'm sure it's just, you know, glossed over very briefly. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, that sounds weird, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> and so I went up there and as part of the weekend, so the first there was a Friday evening session just for the mums. And then the weekend was the mums and the daughters. So I left my daughter with my friend and went off to this session. And I had just the most incredible what-the-hell kind of moment because what they talked about there was about the the menstrual cycle and looking at it as as a seasonal kind of thing, so that uh, linking it with nature, I suppose, so that in your cycle, they how they described it was that winter was the phase when you were um, having your bleeding time and you wanted to sort of, you know, withdraw and just be on your own kind of thing and take it easy. And then spring being the first week of the cycle when you start to kind of liven up a little bit, just like in spring right now, when in Australia, when the plants are all, you know, coming to life, blossoming, that kind of thing. Then heading into summer, uh, where ovulation would occur and you'd be all, you know, party party sort of mood. And then coming down into autumn where that premenstrual kind of phase where you start to slow down and you might get some you know pms symptoms and (laughs) things like that and then ending up back in winter again and to me i just was amazed i just never heard this before and i actually got really angry i was like i'm i was at that time about 47 i think 46 47 and Um, I thought, how did I get to this age and never hear this kind of thing? And the other aspect to that about hearing about the the menstrual cycle and how connected it was to nature and that kind of thing was that we sat in um, a circle, a women's circle, and I'd never heard of this concept either. And so what happened was I discovered in this circle of women where we were each given a chance to speak and everybody else listened, that's kind of the basis of it, uh, that everyone else listens without judgment no one makes any comments no one gives you any advice or gives you any sympathy or gives or makes any judgment on what you say everyone just listens and I'd never been in that situation before and I found that every time I went to open my mouth I just cried like I literally cried I couldn't even talk I mean I did manage to talk but every time I just all this emotion would come up and I thought you know where is this um where is this coming from? What's what's going on? What is this place? You know? And I just found it so amazing. And hearing the stories of other uh women as well was amazing as well. And just being able to listen and witness that. And I guess altogether what this meant was that I'd found this this place, this this sort of seemed to me, this secret magical place, because I'd never heard of it in all my 47, 48 years, um, where women could really be free to be um, themselves and to learn from each other and to learn on an equal footing so that sharing that life experience and finding out that you're not the only one to experience certain certain things really breaks down this sort of barrier of, um, of loneliness or fear or anything like that when you just think you're going through it all by yourself and you don't know what to do. Um, and it also what I found was developed a really, really quickly, a sense of trust and support between the women who were in this circle, in this situation. And I hadn't seen women really interact on that level, uh, especially someone who'd just come and didn't know, you know, everybody, nobody really knew each other uh, when we started. But by the end, we felt like we were really connected. And that, to me, um, really developed an interest in in how women interact, I suppose, and how they interact normally in society, which is not that same way generally as how they interact in a circle. So I guess that's where my, um, I've probably gone off track here, but that's where my uh, passion, I guess, and interest in, um, in women sort of came from. And the health aspect is, well, I guess, and the menopause aspect is uh, because what I also learned was apart from the menstrual cycle going in seasons that a woman's life goes in seasons as well. So the way uh, it's described in these areas is that your early life is is called the maiden phase before you uh, have your first period, um, and that's sort of like um, the the spring. And then you have what we would call the uh, the cycling years, or known as the motherhood phase. Whether or not you have children is is not relevant, but it's when you're cycling and you have that potential to to have children. That's the mother phase, and that's the summer kind of phase of your life. And then comes um, sort of uh, the perimenopausal, menopausal era, the autumn years, where you're kind of starting to, to slow down a bit from summer, but you've still got plenty to give. Like It's like the harvest season, autumn, where you can, you know, reap all the, the gifts of all the work that you've sown over the previous years. And then winter being um, what's called uh, either the wise woman or the crone kind of era, uh, where you're really sort of slowing down and preparing, you know, for well, for the enders, I suppose, <laughs> put it bluntly. Um, yeah, so that is all tied into women's health, and it's all centered really around the the cycles of a of a woman's life and the health. So you've got the menarch, the the, men, the first period, you've got the menstrual cycling years, and then you've got the menopause. It's all these M words, um, and they are such a big indicator of women's health generally. Uh, so I guess that's um, I found that really interesting that our health is all tied into the cycles and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess that's where it really came from from that time I went to that circle. And then I um, I was so amazed by it. I thought, oh, you know, I want to go to like more of these. But the Blue Mountains is quite a wet um, that's near Sydney for people listening overseas. It's about four and a half, five hours drive for me from where I am to get up there. So I didn't want to go up there, you know, like once a month. Uh, so I started looking for more local circles, and uh, I couldn't really find anything um, that well. And I didn't even want to travel that hour or so into Canberra. So I thought, oh well, I'll just start my own. So I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. and I've kept going.
0: Yeah, that that's so good. And again, you know, we've we've definitely connected with. Um, other women who similarly have seen a gap in you know what what interests them and and we do we just we go and create these things but um, I have heard your story before around the fact that when you learned about cycles that you became so angry because you thought my goodness how come I've gone my whole lifetime feeling that way and I had a similar experience a couple of years ago when I Cottoned on to cycles, and I, you know, I I stayed in a moment of judgment, then thought, no, okay, you know what? Yes, I I haven't known it prior, and yes, I was doing everything to mask my uh, menstrual cycles, but you know what? Now there's an opportunity to, yeah, come into them and use it, and it, it's it's very powerful. There's there's no denying that, isn't it, Lise?
1: Yeah, and and I often say to Nat and um, I came into the cycle thing, and I find it totally amazing. I love that it's connected to the seasons, and that. Um, a lot of people can really um they get it they you know they understand the seasons you know year in year out that's how we live so it makes it a really natural and um, easy thing to you know to further understand our cycles i was just a little bit sad that i'd come into it a little bit late and i always say to that gee if i knew back then what i know now how how much more powerful could that have been for me but in saying that, I'm smacking perimenopause. So, um, you know, I'm still using the, the information to really help me and our clients. So I think it's it's really it's never too late. Because, you know, as you talk about the seasons of the woman as she goes through life, I prefer the wise woman label instead of croned. Crone to me just doesn't I just doesn't gel with me. But um uh I love that in- incredibly and and I think that what we do is underestimate menopause and we see it as a big black hole and it's the end of our life and it so isn't. And I think that it's an opportunity to really use the experience of the life that you've lived and become that wise woman and also cut through the bullshit and just actually, you know, really enjoy that last part of your life and do the things that you, you know, that you might've been suppressing or, you know, new avenues that you find that come along or you know, keep working forever, whatever you want to do, but, you know, be wise about it and um, and really, you know, take it on board. Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's right with the, I hear you on the, the anger because I was basically almost at the end of my cycling time and it wasn't long after that that I did enter perimenopause. And the other reason that I got angry was because they actually talked about the effect of the contraceptive pill and ah, okay. how You know, that means that you don't have your sort of natural normal cycle and you're kept on this, you know, general uh, constant, you know, level of hormone. You don't experience that. You don't Mm. experience that monthly highs and lows and all that kind of thing. And I'd been on the, um, I wasn't on the pill at that time. Uh, I had finished having, I'd had two kids by then and uh, my husband had a vasectomy, so didn't really but I had been for a long time you know before that a long long time from teenager you know onwards and so I and that also really really um really
1: pissed me off yeah no (laughs) I I totally I can totally Mm. agree with you because I was the same as you on it for a long time and then I and I often wonder about I wonder what it's done to my body through that time and I wonder if Uh, you know what experience now would be any different you don't know Mm. I do remember reading something which blew me away and um, um, I think it might have been Lara Bright and uh, don't quote me on that but um, you know I'm a big advocate of the work that she does and um, there was a some details around when you go on the pill and you know every it's a it's an individual choice for everyone but really, you sort of the, the development of a, of a woman as they're coming into that, you know, their reproductive years, and they tend to go on, on it earlier, um, that development sort of stops. And then it doesn't sort of kick in again, until they go off the pill. And I thought, wow, and it's something that I would love to read more into. But I thought, really, if that is, you know, if that is really something that happens, that's really scary for these women that you know, they're still developing in their reproductive cycle in their early 20s and, you know, just getting that balance and getting a regular cycle because they also experience those highs and, and lows of the estrogen, and, you know, and progesterone. It's sort of pro- Estrogen comes in and progesterone just comes in slowly and that's when you sort of get that, um, you know, that balance cycle happening. And we go along in our reprodu- reproductive years and you'll hear many women say, oh, yeah, I was regular from cycle to cycle. I knew I was in perimenopause because my cycle started going a bit haywire and a bit different. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, we, we're just, it's not mainstream as to what there is out there about the pill, um, you know, if, mm. if that's all. Um, but it's it's just about being informed and, and educated on an individual level, I think, at the end of the day, which is where you were, albeit we both came into it a, mm. a little bit later, I should
2: say. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I do have a book on my shelf called The Pill, Uh, which is all about it but I haven't actually got to reading it yet along with the other stack of books that I haven't got to reading but (laughs) I do know that (laughs) it has so it had so many side effects including depression which I didn't even know are very common and I wonder oh and I didn't sort of ever think that I was really um, depressed not compared to what I have been (laughs) in menopause. but we might get to that but uh, you know maybe maybe it was and you know, maybe so many things of my life were affected because I think I was only fourteen mm. uh, when I went on it, and I went on a school exchange overseas. And I think my mum just sort of put me on it. Just she said, just you know, just in case to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think about it.
1: I just said, oh, whatever. But they, they and, didn't know um, any better either, though. They don't,
2: really. No. No, yeah. that's right. That's right. And so, for their
1: generation, when the pill came in, it was yeah. like that was monumental, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I can see. You know, the, yeah. the That's
2: it. right. You can see why women sort of took took on to it. But um I guess, you know, the more you find out about things, there's always always something else that mm. you find out later. But I think just the as as that information came to light, I don't think it was ever really, you know, broadcast because like I said, oh, it no. wasn't until like a few years ago that I learned about this. And the thing that always makes me laugh a little bit about um on the pill is they say that the uh you're normally attracted to, you know, a partner. Uh, if if you are, um, you know, a heterosexual person, you're normally attracted, or the woman anyway, is normally attracted to a, to a male depending on different pheromones and hormones yeah. that are, yeah, you know, yeah. it's changed. It's so and the pill, yeah. of course, sort of dampens or changes that. So that if you'd yeah. met your current partner while you are on the pill, you know, you might not have actually been attracted to the people. <laughs> and I always say that to my husband. You know, you know I was on the pill when we met, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, what kind of you might have had different types of children yeah. or, or whatever, you know, like yeah. I just thought that was yeah. really I mean, the, um the really does a little bit scary, it. but quite yes. interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That's funny. And I think, you know, in hindsight, we always say hindsight's a beautiful thing, but I guess in um, having that information now, it gives us the opportunity to share that information with, with other women now, isn't it? And and as much as perhaps we didn't get the information in the beginning, we've got it now and we can actually now Mm. change and and support um, other women to, to teach them. So it's great. Yeah. With, you touched on uh, perimenopause and, you know, if you're open to it, we'd love to hear a little bit about your own perimenopause experience. Mm. Um, you know, be don't have to be as fully detailed if you don't want to, but just, you know, how how did yeah. you transition through that phase?
2: Yeah, no, I'll say anything. I don't care anymore. That's the good thing about menopause is just <laughs> yeah. so I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I,
0: um, well, I didn't know
2: the words perimenopause until uh, a couple of years ago, but now I realise what it was that was happening. Uh, I'd only ever heard of the word menopause and so I guess it was a few years ago and the main thing I noticed was the was hot blushes I would have sometimes up to about I don't know 10 of them a day or something oh, wow. so much so that as, as you you know read earlier I teach a bit of meditation and, and qigong which is sort of like tai chi and you know they're very mindful kind of Uh, things about being aware, about being aware of what's happening, of being aware of what is in the present moment. And so I got so sick of chucking off my clothes and just going every time, you know, I had a hot flash and then putting them all back on again, that eventually I decided to just treat it like a bit of a sort of like an awareness meditation, which sounds a bit weird, but so I would just, instead of kind of reacting to it and chucking everything off, I would literally just sit and just observe what was happening And then after a while, I realized that I could almost feel it sort of starting from the lower half of my body and then just gradually coming up my body and then even up through my head and then away. So after I sort of realized that, then each time it happened, I just kind of focused on that because I knew that when it got to up around about my chest area, that very soon it would be gone and it would be through my head and gone. And so it would actually last less than a minute. So I was just basically breathing through it and just observing it so that was something I don't know if that helps anyone listening Mm -hmm. they might like to have a go of that instead of just going oh another bloody hot blush yeah
1: no that's exactly um I I've sort of gone through periods of having them and not having them I'm going through the period of not having them at, at the moment but um I have just learnt to Let just be in the moment and just breathe when it comes because you know, and you know, you talk about that it just comes up, it's like it's rising through your body, it just goes out of your head, it needs to escape somewhere, right? That hotness. Um, and you know, through I'm lucky with Nat, I've you know, I've really taken on breathing as a part of you know, just being who I am. And I think is and that's what menopause is really about. I think is just accepting that some of these things will happen. Um, And just being in the moment and, um, and just letting it fly through. So Mm. I totally agree with what you've said. Yeah. Yeah. Acceptance is a really big part of it.
2: Mm. Um, So the other thing, apart from the hot flushes, which, yeah, like you, I'm going through a phase of not really having them now, but they do still come and go Mm. and, A lady who comes to one of my Tai Chi classes actually was saying to me that she's still getting them and she's well into her 70s. So that wasn't great to hear. Yeah, it's more common than what we think, actually.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah. so it does take a long time. Um, So the other thing I noticed was, of course, the regular periods. And uh, this sort of seemed to happen quite quickly, really, um, that it was all of a sudden, you know, roughly every month. I mean, I wasn't tracking my cycle or anything because, you know, at that stage I didn't know about it. Mm. And uh, in fact, the first cycle that I tried to track was the worst one that I ever had. Oh, <laughs> and I got that- I got up to so that was May May 2019, and I started counting days, you know, the cycle, and I got up to like day, you know, 196 or something, <laughs> and I thought, I don't think this is. <laughs> happening <laughs> uh, Yeah. so what i found was that i'd go for like for me it was like go for two or three months with no period at all and all and then get all the two or three months or the four months sometimes once i went for six months and then it was like i got all six months at once yeah and and for women who have who are sort of just starting this thing it's really important to be prepared (laughs) because i was um the worst was once i actually had to fly to adelaide to give a, a workshop and i was it was that time when I just had this six months of no bleeding, and I thought, oh, that's it, I must have reached menopause, or oh, well, I'm getting close anyway. You know, I mustn't be getting any more back, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, and it was like this massive flooding ex- episode. And mm-hmm. I was, I used for many, many years, I used a menstrual cup because I found that just a lot um, easier than, uh, you know, tampons. I didn't really like ever like using them, but I did before I knew there was an option. And about, but for I think maybe fifth even almost 20 years ago, a friend of mine um, told us about these menstrual cups and she discovered them. You had to get them from America at that stage and they Mm. cost like a hundred and something dollars and we sort of went hard in postage. And so I used one for forever. I thought it was great. But anyway, that would normally hold quite a lot of flow. But this time it was just like, nah, every I had a super pad on. I had this menstrual cup on and literally every 20 minutes I had to go to the toilet and just, you know, it would be yeah. everywhere. And I was this is in the airport, on the airplane, in the taxi, going to the hotel. I just thought, oh, my God, I'm going to die. You mm-hmm. know, it just I'd never seen so much blood. And mm. um, and I don't know how it was. All- <laughs> and I was. I was crapping myself sitting in the back of the taxi because I thought, you know, I don't know how long this taxi drive is and whether it's going to be long enough, at least in the airport and the plane, there's toilets there all the time, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, So that was really, really full on and quite, I mean, you can imagine if that happens regularly, it's it's quite debilitating, really, Mm. Um, especially if you don't know what's going on. So uh it's important to realize that that can happen and it can be more blood than you ever realized could come out of there. So that was something for me, the irregular periods um also I noticed memory short-term memory losses and things like that. So I'd lose words for things. I was standing in the kitchen, I remember holding um this object and I'm saying to my husband, what is this thing that that I'm holding that like you know, you' poor, food and water through it and it strains it
1: oh yeah it's called a strainer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just... laughing Kath because that happens to me quite regularly and I, I'm lucky we're in a business situation that's usually there to pick up the word for me but um I, I found uh I found I'm I'm getting better but I I really I concur with what you're saying
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and um and it's just like, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm like, I honestly thought I had, you know, the early onset Alzheimer's or something. I just was forgetting everything. And if I didn't write something down, you know, forget it. It just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the main things. And um, concentration as well, yeah. you know, uh, harder to concentrate on, yeah. on things. And I think that memory, I suppose, really yeah, did focus. it. So that was the perimenopause. And then, mm. um, then. So as I said, May 2019, 2020, 21, 22. So that's three, three and a half years really that um, post-menopausal, as I say. So I had my, you know, so I guess it was May 2020, you know, right when everyone was having heaps of fun with COVID, when I celebrated my menopause. And I actually did because one of the things about menopause and menarch, the first period, and motherhood as well, if you do become a mother, is, you know, these... uh real rites of passages, you know, Mm. in our lives. And apart from motherhood, and this is what also makes me annoyed, (laughs) lots of things make me annoyed, but apart from motherhood being celebrated, at least in its initial phases when you first have the baby, you know, and you get lots of presents and everyone's like, congratulations. And, you know, by the time it's the first birthday, that's really, you know, leveled off a lot. And by the time it's the second birthday, you're lucky to get a card or a Facebook thing, right? Um, but motherhood is celebrated still in this society, but menarch, you know, the first period is definitely not. And menopause is definitely not, yeah. uh, as a rite of passage. And these things change you, you know, and the person that you were before your menarch, your, um, childbirth, if you had kids, or even if you haven't, you know, people mother in other ways and, um, with other, perhaps other parents, children, or, you know, friends or, um, pets or projects, whatever we all you know, Mm. sort of bring something to life. Um, And menopause, of course, the big game changer, you know, you're definitely not the same person that you were going into it. And so I have a friend who uh, does do this sort of like menopausal rites of passage, like a celebration, you know. So um, I thought, you know, why not? So I just just had a nice, I had a really nice long shower. I would imagine like, just washing away, you know, everything that I didn't want or need and everything. I was singing in the shower and I just, like, um, made myself some nice food and just sort of treated it like like a nice sort of special day um, to celebrate the fact that it was, you know, roughly um, 12 months being that's the day of menopause, you know, mm-hmm. as you um, girls know that perimenopause, everything coming up to the one day, which is 12 months after your last period that's your menopause day <laughs> happy menopause yep. day yeah. and then every day after that being post-menopause so you know um I think that's quite funny actually that everyone talks about menopause but hey it's only something that goes one day so it shouldn't be a hassle at all right should be yeah I think
1: I, I think but, menopause has become that real umbrella term for you know yeah. the different parts that go underneath it
2: yeah yeah yeah. that's right so since um since then well, it's been very different, and I've experienced other some very common symptoms uh, to experience depression and anxiety, uh, a loss of confidence, a loss of um, sense in your own ability, and I think that imposter syndrome can come up really worse in in, in post menopause than after. So I've kind of experienced all those sorts of things. Um, I do find that the you know the meditation the tai chi helps but for me the most massive side effect side effect or what have you of this post menopausal period it's been lack of massive lack of motivation like it's just a killer um you really want to do things and you just can't you just can't bring yourself to do them and for me this has been really the, the hardest thing about it all that I know there's all these things that I that I wanted to do before or that I currently want to do. And it's just, yeah, to bring yourself to do them, it's really, really difficult. So that's what I find um, is a hard one. I've been very lucky in other physical uh, symptoms. I think that my my Tai Chi qigong and, and all that practice over the years, I've been doing that for about 11 or 12 years has really helped stabilize um, because it does have a really good effect on your health and it's helped stabilize. So I haven't had a lot of the other um, symptoms that are common, like, you know, say, dry skin or vaginal dryness or, you know, um, lots of other different symptoms that there are. I mean, there's like heaps and heaps. Mm. haven't really had a lot of those. But for me, the mental health part and the motivation mm. um, and tiredness has been uh, a really big thing. But interestingly, at one stage, I felt like I was going through this what's they call postmenopausal zest. You know, and what I've read is that the as the estrogen drops, the testosterone doesn't actually rise, but in comparison to the estrogen falling, the testosterone kind of takes some sort of like precedence and that can give you extra, you know, um, stamina or energy and extra uh, like uh, I can't think of the word, of course, uh, drive, maybe yeah. drive is what I'm after. And so for one phase for, for a few months, I was just like on fire. And I thought, this is fantastic. This post-menopause is the bomb. That's when I decided to set up my, my, my um, new business and do, you know, websites and social media and all that stuff and develop programs and try and promote them and everything. Uh, that's when I set all that up in this sort of few months and I just felt incredible. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I was saying to my friends, oh, just wait till you get here. It's so good. And then I just had this big crush again. All that sort of disappeared. And I've never actually recovered that, that again. So to me that was incredible. And I had heard women, you know, talk about it. I don't know if for some women it's more of a permanent thing. I wish it was. <laughs> it was just like, wow,
1: it's great
2: i wake up and I was full of energy and i do stuff all day and everything and now it's sort of like, oh, my God, do I have to get up or I don't need to do anything for another hour or I'll just stay in bed for another half an hour. <laughs> you know, so I think overall the theme is like unpredictability. That's the word I would probably um, put there, that you just don't know what you're going to be like at, at any um, phase and that makes it hard to sort of plan things, uh, hard to be consistent with things um and just generally make life just a little bit more challenging yeah
1: Mm.
0: wow that's um powerful experience and and I think you know just even sharing your insights around post-menopause too is is really powerful because again and I liken this to um when you know you're pregnant and you know you look forward to having your baby there's all that focus on when you're going to give birth and have that baby but You actually, I think as a society, we forget that when you have the baby, that's when all the work and the fun starts, right? So
1: yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: inverted commas, Um, but it's true, right? We, there is, there's always that focus on get, get to that finish line, just get to that finish line. But then what happens after that finish line? And, you know, as you said, there's, there's some good and there's some not so good moments, but it's, you know, I guess it's finding about how, how you manage those, um, those moments in, in that new phase of life. Mm. one thing that you know we really focus on with this podcast is about you know women coming into their power and and helping them to find and nurture their power i'd love to just we usually do this question a little bit later but i wanted to jump into that um based on your story you know how did you come into your power or find your power and how will you continue to do that post menopausal yeah that's
2: a really interesting question i had to think about this a little bit and. For me, I think part of the the power of of menopause or post menopause is really n- not caring so much what other people think, and really being able to just be yourself, mm-hmm. uh, who you actually are. And this is another reason why I really like the women's circle kind of thing is because that really helps and supports you to to be who you are, to be accepted and without judgment and everything. In the circle, it gives you confidence to sort of be like that outside as well. So. And part of that is, you know, like the drop in estrogen, they call that the estrogen, like the accommodating hormone or the accommodation hormone because it's kind of like this little veil um, that you can't see through properly. So when you're in your cycling years and everything um, and still in perimenopause, when it's still going up and down, um, it helps you deal more with other people and or helps you cope better with other people, and you know, because um, you looking after other people, that sort of thing, that traditional kind of women's role. Um, and then as that hormone sort of drops and and you don't have that little, that veil of accommodation, <laughs> you kind of can start to see people for what they really are and situations for what they really are. And you can just, you know, you can just sense uh, people's bullshit better, basically. And I think that then that gives you some sort of, whether power is the word, I I don't really know, but some sort of more self-confidence, I guess, which is the basis of power, uh, that you no longer have to please those people as much, you know. I mean, your family is a bit of more of a challenge, but some people, like, say, particular people that you know, acquaintances or, you know, um, even previous friends or something like that, you don't need to really put up with that anymore, you know, and you can just do what you want and don't care. I think it's about more about not caring about other people's judgment of you anymore. So just in simple things, even like I, I always wanted to sing and, but I always thought I wasn't really a good singer and I would never really sing in front of other people. And what I found that during this period is that I just stopped caring so much and I just started singing and I ended up going into a couple of like amateur open mic, you know, events and things and singing songs. And even uh, another thing I wanted to do was write music and write songs. And I always felt too scared of judgment or anything to do that either. So, but during that um, perimenopausal menopausal phase, and one thing we haven't mentioned is, is creativity, creativity can really uh, jump as well. And mm-hmm. um, as long as you make time for it. So I found that I was able to actually I got a guitar and I sort of taught myself some basic chords and I started just writing some songs and I even sang them in front of you know groups of people, yeah. uh, and for me that was a really really great thing that um, I'd always been too scared. I think fear. I think you lose a bit of lose a bit of fear about that judgment and just be able to do things that you actually want to do. And dancing, you know, like a lot of people are like, I can't dance or whatever. I'm like, and all my friends are like, oh, you need to have a few drinks, you know, before we go out and go dancing. And I'm like, I don't need a drink. <laughs> I don't care, you know. I just this is a odd story, but I just <laughs> recently went to, um, or well, f- five months ago now. I took my kids and and my mum came to on a trip to Europe, and we went to Scotland. And I was like, you know, what, I want to go out dancing, and like they were not interested in going, you know, or the kids were too young and mum's too old. So <laughs> I was like, I'm going to a nightclub, you know. I haven't been to a nightclub for how many years? And I went in in Scotland to this like nightclub where all, everyone was about. Look, not even 18, 18 really. <laughs> and they had this dance floor and everything. And, but it was only 10 o'clock at night or 10 30, and nobody was dancing because apparently it doesn't happen, start happening until later. Everyone's had a few more drinks, whatever. And like, I was just like, I don't care. You know what? I just got up there and I was the only person <laughs> on this dance floor in this Scottish nightclub just dancing. And I was just having heaps of fun. And if that was pre menopause, if that was in, you know, normal years, like, there's no way. I would have done that. But now I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna do it anyway. So it's like about just allowing yourself to enjoy things, I suppose, that that you might mm. not have done before because you were scared about what other people think. And mm. I still see a lot of people in that kind of phase. But for mm. me, that was that's that's part of it um I love
0: that that's I love that so much and you know what you've given me hope for singing because I wanted to be a singer when I was a kid and I'll get up and do karaoke and I actually was telling a mum I'd met a couple of weeks ago and she said oh you must be able to sing I'm like look, I could probably hold some type of a tune. But for me, it's just standing up singing. I don't really care. But uh, the fact that I could probably uh, come back to my guitar roots and write some songs and sing, um, you've given me hope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's good fun, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the other part of it about power is 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 recognising in this phase that after you've looked after everyone else all your life that and people please and things, that, that to recognise that you are also important you know, and you're worthy of that self-care and, and doing things for yourselves like you deserve to be looked after um, and sort of putting yourself first, which a lot of people are like, well, you know, that's a bit selfish. But, you know, I heard someone mention the word selfish as in more like self-ish, as in you're more concerned about yourself. self rather than a bit that greedy kind of selfishness. Mm. And because, of course, if you don't look after yourself and you wear yourself out, then you can't really mm. look after anyone else. The kind of image or analogy I like to use is that if you have a cup of, you know, you've got your cup filled with water and you pour out a bit into everyone else's cup, then yours is soon empty. But if you keep just pouring from that jug into that cup of water and let it overflow into the other cups, then yours is always full, and you can you just fill people's from the overflow of yours, mm-hmm. uh, rather than running out of orphan steam. So that's really important. And I think the issue though with menopause is that it's it's very well to talk about that and think about that, but it's actually really hard to do as well, especially mm-hmm. when if you are affected, you know, in some kind of like um, like I said, demotivational kind of way or. Um, depression, anxiety, all those sorts of things, it makes that extra more difficult to do that. So it's something that really you need to work, I guess, you need to have that self-belief that you are important enough to do that and you need to have the the wherewithal to kind of actually do it and and you need to really keep telling yourself, you know, it's worth it and mm. that you're worth it basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is very true. And, and particularly, you know, if we've gotten to that point where we haven't Ever really done anything for ourselves or looked after ourselves? You know, we've got many, many years of habits to break and a new routine to forge. One thing theme that keeps coming up for me this week, and obviously being a, a health and, and wellness coach, I've I've posed this question to people that I've I've worked with: is you know, ask yourself, what do you need right now? What is it that you need to help? move the dial forward and not move the dial from naught to 100, but even just move the dial from 0 to 1. You know, what is mm. it that you need right now? And and in most cases, we can quite easily pick the one thing that we need yeah. and really just start in there. But, um, but, yeah, look, powerful stories and really love what you share. And um, I was definitely inspired... Um, that you're you've got your own radio segment as well it's yes radio isn't it and you've created the women's room and I was fortunate enough to be a guest on your radio show and is that something or is that that's come out of your passion and also out of um, you know that creative outlet and being able to you know do do something that you really love
2: yeah the radio was interesting Uh, the women's room you're right I originally called it women rising but I re. I had a bit of time off and then I renamed it The Women's Room. Um, so my idea there was, well, I heard that the local community radio station was looking for people. YASFM 100.3 is the station. And I thought, you know, all the radio, it's all sort of songs and it's all very blokey. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it would be really nice. We'd be just have an hour on the radio that's just for women and to talk about women's whatever issues affecting them. And what I originally planned was it to be sort of like a talk back program. Like there's this episode of The Simpsons Simpsons that I remembered where Marge Simpson is like um goes on the telephone and she calls herself the listen lady. And so people can ring up and just tell her yeah. <laughs> um tell her whatever their problems are. And I thought, oh, that'd be good. I could be like a listen lady. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the sort of skills I guess I've developed through holding women circles and stuff is is that that deep listening kind of thing where you actually because most people don't really listen very deeply in a conversation most people are actually thinking of what they're going to say next all the time rather than listening to what the actual person is saying so I thought oh I wonder if that would work on the radio and I thought I could get women to ring up and they could just share their stories but anyway that didn't kind of work out because nobody rang up (laughs) so I thought Okay, I still want to do this, but instead I kind of morphed it into interviewing or having conversations, really, you know, with women who I knew were doing interesting stuff with other women. So it's been really great. Uh, I've talked to so many different women. We I've talked to a, um, a death doula and a dementia doula. That was another interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, women drummers on the show, sound healers, and and psychotherapists um, talk to you, Nat, about you know menopause in the workplace um women who work in non-traditional kind of roles like in construction that kind of thing and women who are doing the kind of work with girls that I sort of talked about with the workshop that I did bringing girls into um womanhood and and talking about menarche and all that kind of thing uh yeah and other kind of women's issues so it's been it's been really good and I just and for me that's something that I came up with, I think, in that phase when I had that real post-menopausal zest. And I was like, I could do this and I can do that and I can do the other thing and I can have a radio show. And it's honestly been sometimes a really hard slog to get in there and do it. Um, and I haven't wanted to do it, but I've made myself do it. I was sort of like, well, this is a commitment. And it's good because then when I'm there, I always enjoy it. That's the thing. It's getting past that oh, kind of feeling to like, I know that this is going to be worth it and it always feels good after you've done it. So... I think it's it's really great and I also uh, record, you know, those segments and put them on my website so if anyone wants to listen to them afterwards, they're always there as well as mm-hmm. kind of a resource for women. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Well, just I guess leading into that, where can our listeners connect with you?
2: Uh, yeah, so I guess the best place is through the website. So that's www.kupala.com.au. Www.kupala, um, just so Kapala is the name of my business and Kapala is a Croatian or Eastern European goddess. Uh, when I was thinking of company names, I thought, oh, you know, I was thinking about gods and all those Roman gods, Nike, you've got heaps of, you know, companies. And then I looked up because uh, my heritage is half Croatian and I looked up to see if there was any Croatian gods and goddesses. And then I found heaps <laughs> and Kapala is a goddess of um herbs and fire and water and i thought oh that's really um lovely and uh so yeah so it's uh, k-u-p-a-l-a kapala.com.au and people can contact me through there yeah
0: yeah fabulous and i'm also part croatian too my dad's croatian so when i saw kapala i did sort of not that i speak croatian but you know you sort of see words and you, you you connect with them so yeah 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 same
2: dad was croatian and and i don't really speak it either um and uh but I thought it was nice to kind of acknowledge that sort of mm-hmm. um, heritage. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, what a fabulous conversation, Hayley. Yeah, yeah I and mean, you kept me uh, quiet too, Kath. It was great to listen to, which is hard going sometimes. Like in, I want to go off on of tangents, so thank <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> no, Rose, you're welcome. I had a good time. Thanks so much, Kath.